fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 41 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. Rotor Street Journal, of course, the only site that's going to pave your way to fantasy football glory and the Fantasy football uh, Fullback Dive, of course, is going to be your lead blocker as we take you to the promised land. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, with me as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself uh, in a house right now with kind of a window, uh, the shades like pulled up a little bit. It looks like uh, perfect for like someone to break in. Like it yeah. looks like you're just asking for it, basically. If we if we see a prowler behind you at some point during the podcast, I would put I'd put it at like thirty percent probably. Absolutely. And this is the busiest time of the year in Salem. I think it's like the most people per capita or something of that nature yeah, yeah, during yeah. October. No doubt. Uh so yeah, right ready to get broken in for for sure. This is the, the basement. So well, if they can come through these windows on, they can get they can get to you. They can still get here. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely seen some like murderous Teletubbies out there today. Uh, some interesting costumes, nonetheless. You can't walk down the street without getting harassed by a witch these days. No, no. Uh, hey, have you ever dated yeah. a witch? I know I know there was that one uh, girl that said she was going to pee on your stuff, which is pretty close. <laughs> she um, was damn close. But uh, no, no witches, actually. Uh, the, all the ghouls and goblins that I've made, uh, no witches, though, thankfully. Dating a witch seem like kind of exciting, sexy, or just like a lot more trouble than it's worth? Oh man, definitely the initial you know lure to it would be. Sure. It, it, I'm trying to think of the fantasy player. It would be like it, it's got some nice you know Derrick Henry esque type oh, of God. vibes and appeal, but then you just get to it and it's just way more trouble than it's worth. Absolutely, so yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I would compare dating a witch to is Derrick Henry. That's kind of how I felt when you were telling me about that uh, alpha wolf woman, the one that threatened to pee on your <laughs> stuff. The first time you told me about her, I was like, oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of into this lady. And yeah, then, then, the, then, yeah. then the, no, I mean, that was before the P. Oh, um, okay. And she was just like really aggressive. And then once you read me that, I was like, ah, still kind of exciting. But yeah, you know what? I would, re- <laughs> I would regret that. Right. And anyway, so good job holding off on that one. We're a quarter way through the season. Week five is in the books. We've had a few surprises. We've had a few things that are going exactly as the Rose Street Journal predict- predicted that they would early in the season. We've had a couple home runs. You'd have to say Pat Mahomes is an absolute unmitigated home mm-hmm. run. And Absolutely. we've had a couple, you know, not really whiffs. We love Deshaun Watson. He's coming around, actually. I, yeah. I actually feel pretty good about him. I got a question before we get started. We look sure. at the Rams wide receivers. We talked about them on Monday. Robert, That's a whiff Robert. right there for us, by the way. A, a, little, bit, a little bit. I was, I was way too low on all them. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we didn't know if there was going to be enough to go around. And Goff, too, maybe a little bit at the beginning of the season. But we yep. look at Robert Woods. We look at Brandon Cooks. And we look at Cooper Cup. And we say, well, all three of those guys are top 15, top 20 receivers. My question to you is this. They're a little bit behind. But do you see a possibility that Deshaun Watson's receivers, the Houston Texans guys, could also uh, you know, start start bubbling up like that? DeAndre Hopkins, probably better. I mean, better than anybody on the Rams. But then you've also got Fuller and you've got Kiki Cutie, not to be confused with Kiki Cote. Um, and I mean, are these all are these guys possibly all going to be starters as well? Is there enough to go around in that horribly run Texans offense? 
I think absolutely. When you got a guy like Deshaun Watson absolutely balling the way he is, what he threw 375 this week. It's one of those things where the aerial pies, there's so many teams around the leagues that the aerial pies can be big enough. I mean, Watson, 375, 375, 385, 310, his last game. I just looked that up. Uh, Outside of that Patriots dud, he's been back to that beastly self that we expected. So when you have that much yardage, that much aerial pie to go around, it can absolutely sustain three wide receivers, especially when it's very densely packed aerial pie, too. There's not many other weapons. There's no tight end in sight. Uh, Similar to the Rams situation, there's no tight end there eating anybody's cheese. So, yeah, absolutely. And and bringing up the Rams, too. I mean, two guys banged up with Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, there's no clarity as of Wednesday today as to whether they're practicing or whatnot. But Josh Reynolds still, it's one of those situations where Kiki Cutie just kind of stepped in and now is a every week, I'd say, wide receiver three. I mean, it's only been two games, granted, a small sample size, but the way he's played uh, gives you hope that he can be an every week wide receiver three or flex play. It's one of those things where Josh Reynolds would just step right into this explosive overall offense, this good quarterback that sustains all these these values. If he becomes the number three guy, would be an immediate fantasy flex play as well. More about just the everything going around that aerial pie, creating that, that fantasy food for everyone. Um, absolutely, I think the Texans could be one of those guys. Yes. Where do you have Robert Woods this week? Uh, he's my wide receiver 13 right now, okay. just behind Keenan Allen. And once I know more, if Cooks and Cup are out, you got to imagine he'll fly up into the top 10 for sure. All right, that's interesting. I know I, I got a little more into like the nitty-gritty of some of the football stuff in the intro than I usually do, but I got a lot on my mind. I did go 4-0. Uh, I, I eked nice. one out at the Hold end. I was basically in a tie with a guy that had Drew Brees uh, with about like five minutes to go, and I had Mike Thomas and Ben Watson, and he completed a pass to each of them, and I knew that was it. Um, but, man, Brees made me sweat. I remember I told you. I was like, as long as he doesn't get like 48, we'll be fine. And then he had, I don't know, 38 by the start of the fourth quarter, something like that. Anyway, 4-1 and one in the Rose Street Journal League, 3-2 and two in all my other leagues. feel pretty good about that after uh, five weeks in. If you don't have a losing record on any team, you feel like you're okay, although 3-2 and two is certainly no no breathing room at all. In my hometown league, 11 of the 12 teams in the league are 3-2 and two or 2-3. Two and three. Damn. Yeah, So, and I happen to be one of the 3-2s. and twos, So, uh, difference between 2nd and 12th, one game, the pressure's on. It's crazy. Yeah, Absolutely, right in that pressure cooker. I'm 4-1 and one in the Roto Street as well, 5-0 and oh in a league, 3-2 and two in a couple, and then obviously the Fez, as I've complained and bitched about. One and four. Jamison Crowder didn't uh, do it for me, unfortunately. Didn't get to where he needed to. I know, Would every have time he caught a pass, I was getting excited on your behalf. I was like, checking. No, I was like, I, is he at 20 <laughs> yet? And he's like at four. He got tackled at like the one-yard line. That's when yeah. I was like, yep, it's not going to happen this week. No. So Mason Crosby ruining another week. Just every week I get damn close and can't finish the deal on the Fez. Snake bitten, but it's going to turn around, baby. Turn around this week, finally. Well, if you hadn't got played... a battle of the roommates, actually the battle of the uh, the condo mates. Oh, nice. Well, that that could ruin a lot of things. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I and mean, you're four and one Rotor Street Journal. Imagine if you hadn't gotten the unlucky draw of playing this guy. Imagine what you'd be <laughs> five and zero. Oh, right, right? And your ass would be a lot less sore. Anyway, let's get into the stock watch right now. We got a good one. There's a lot of juicy rumor, uh, rumor like surrounding trades, and uh, you know. Le'Veon coming back, all that good stuff. LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, O.J. Howard, T.Y. Hilton, Leonard Fournette, Evan Ingram, and Greg Olson. Uh, that's kind of mouth-watering stuff. Let's start with LaShawn McCoy and the trade rumors surrounding him. And obviously, a lot of that uh, surrounds the Eagles, McCoy's former team, where he had a lot of fantastic years. Um, and that, of course, is because of Jay Ajayi, who I'm assuming we'll probably talk about uh, later in the burning question, something like that. But the fact is, I think he was an MCL or an ACL. 
Uh, anyway, Ace, long story cool. short, Ajay's out for the year. Kind of happened suddenly. We didn't even really uh, know it happened during the game. But anyway, uh, they, they're looking for McCoy. I mean, it's not like the Bills need him. Uh, they, they're just right. good with or without him. What do you think about this? Right, and Sean McDermott, the head coach for the Bills, didn't even dismiss it, kind of right. said, <laughs> you know, we, we like McCoy. He's a good member, a valuable member of this team, and we're just going to leave it at that. But I don't want to get into the details. We get calls all the time. Uh, incoming calls happen all the time. So he never said, no, we're, we're keeping this guy. He's locked into our team. And it would make sense. This team is tanking. They're awful. And Shady's just rotting there. He's useless. Why not get a mid-round type of pick? They're saying it might take a fifth or fourth rounder to get Shady. And for the Eagles, it makes perfect sense to give that up when you're now looking at Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood at the top of your depth chart. Shady's clearly a superior option to all of them. And as fantasy owners, you got to be praying that this actually happens. Yes, his usage, you'll get the fantasy stock formula, individual talent, usage, surrounding talent, um, coaching scheme, all that good stuff. His usage would be taking a hit because he, he, Doug Peterson is committee obsessed. We know that, but everything else would be getting a huge boost. The surrounding talent, he'd be playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the league as compared to the worst in the league right now in Buffalo. Obviously, the whole offense as a whole with Carson Wentz under center, everything else is far more explosive. Similar to kind of Jay Ajayi last year, kind of trapped in that situation. Not that he went and lit the world on fire when he went to Philadelphia, but he was much more useful, much more likely to get you 10-ish or so points when he was with the Eagles, whereas he was just getting you weak killing duds every week with Miami. So if McCoy goes there, I think his value definitely takes a nice uptick. Where if he gets traded anywhere, really, fit, Buffalo's got to be the worst place to be for any running back, for any fantasy player. Josh Allen has done nothing to inspire any type of hope. So, you know, Philadelphia, great, you know, connecting of the dots seems like a great location. Anywhere really would be fantastic for Shady, though. So hoping that one happens, even if the usage goes down, everything else would skyrocket in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know you said Buffalo is the worst place for a running back to be, but Arizona doesn't seem much better, i got to say. Uh, uh, David Johnson's <laughs> doing all he can with a couple touchdowns to, yeah. to save his value, but, man, that's a tough situation. That's, running a, in- that's a bad look. All Absolutely. right, let's talk Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, And there's some trade rumors surrounding him too, but also just him coming back and potentially finding himself in a committee with James mm-hmm. Conner. Roethlisberger saying James Conner shouldn't go on the shelf by any means if and when Bell ends his holdout. And while I agree with that in principle, uh, because Connor has looked pretty good, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to sit Connor on the bench if I were the Steelers and have him as a nice insurance policy. What do you think about that, first of all? And second of all, have you heard anything about any, uh, you know, trade rumors surrounding him? I mean, I had heard some uh, trade rumors about maybe him going to the Eagles. Right. There's definitely some dots being connected to him going to the Eagles, whatnot, but the price is just much heftier when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. He comes with a humongous contract, obviously, with that franchise tag, and you're you're surrendering much more than, let's say, LaShawn McCoy on the back end of his career. Uh, You'd be having to pretty much say Le'Veon Bell is our franchise back for the next four or five years, be signing this guy to a huge deal. Otherwise, he's probably not playing for you either. Uh, So I I doubt he gets traded. I don't think anyone's going to shell out that type of, you know, uh, price for just a one-week rental. Not, I mean, one season half season rental uh with levy on bell especially the eagles when they're sitting at two and three sketchy you know it's not like they're four or five and oh and just need that one last piece they're they're right in the middle of things so who knows if he's i I doubt he gets traded personally but if he stays do i believe this committee talk i mean connor clearly has the support of his teammates his line's been all about connor big ben you know what big ben wants big ben gets a lot of reporters even before big ben came out and made these comments that there's going to be a committee so you know what would that committee look like they both 
both very versatile guys. Connor is a more powerful runner, so if it comes a vulture situation, that'd be disgusting. Mm. But ultimately, I'm looking at this as the, the Steelers will probably look at Le'Veon Bell. We have this guy for eight more weeks where he's not coming back. The relationship's too broken. Let's ride this guy to We're hell. We're not going to get it's, anything it's, for him when he leaves. Exactly. So that's what I'm kind of picturing is Le'Veon Bell being that true workhorse. He's just a, a head and shoulders above Connor as well as Connor's fit in and, and played. It's been admirable. Le'Veon Bell is one of the top two to three weapons in the entire league. So versatile, brings a whole different game. Even if you know Connor's a good pass protector, good receiver, Le'Veon Bell's a fantastic. He's an elite receiver. You could line him out wide, out wide and the way he runs his routes rivals you know any wideout in the league, never mind a running back. So this guy's a beast. There's no way if you have both those guys, especially Especially a fresh Le'Veon Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell with a light, you know, the end of the tunnel is near. You're going to get as much as you can. So I, I don't believe it. I don't buy the committee talk, and I'm still hoping this drives down his price. I'm still going to try to buy him. Maybe this makes it even easier to buy low on Le'Veon Bell right now. Yeah, I agree. I'd say play him, and you got a great insurance policy for the season. And Connor, trainer's Absolutely. room, OJ Howard with his knee is practicing on Wednesday. How significant is this? I mean, it's pretty big. It's it's supposed to be a two- to four-week injury, and he's already back after missing only one week. He does have a brace on, so that's of note. If I had to be a betting man as of Wednesday, I don't think he's going to play. I think it's going to take a little bit longer to be fully back healthy. Uh, it, it, what this really matters for is who can you stream at tight end. If he plays, you play him because Atlanta, god-awful defense. It's going to be a points bonanza, the Bucks versus the Falcons. So I would play O.J. Howard if he's there. But if not, then Cameron Brait's, you know, he's my top seven tight end. And you know how much I hate Cameron Brait. But this week, if O.J. Howard's removed, Jameis Winston back into the lineup, the third-rated quarterback in the league when uh, targeting tight ends over the last two to three years while he's been the starter so I mean he's loved his tight ends always peppered him voluminously so if it's OJ Howard if it's Cameron Brait whichever guy it is you got to start my guess is it's going to be Brait this week but obviously now you have to track that and see which tight end you're rolling out Florida football insiders report a this is a quote by the way source having knowledge of the Jaguars thinking I wonder if we could fall into that category yeah well, <laughs> right. like, you the, know. the prime minister right. of London let me, like, let me see if I can I can uh you know I'm trying to like tune into a source that has knowledge of the Jaguars thinking. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a great defense and roll out the worst quarterback in the country. How's that? Is that pretty close Sounds to the Jaguars magical. thinking? Before well, we anyway. even get into Fortnite too, did you hear that the the owner wants to move to London full time now? We said that two years ago. I, we, we, I were, think we, we were might the, we were the first people to, that broke that story. You know why? London because gone. we have knowledge of the Jaguars thinking. That's us, baby. That's us. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, this source, which may or may not be one or both of us, having knowledge of the Jaguars, or maybe Alan Hearns, he has a, he has knowledge of that. Ernest, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever left London. He certainly isn't in Dallas no, these days. He's hiding behind that potted plant. He's still hiding behind the plant. He flew back one time to get like one catch for six yards. Um, he expects <laughs> the team to sit Leonard Fournette due to his hamstring through week nine. Woo! That's a bad look. Only good news coming to this, of course, is that Jamal Charles is back on the scene. So talk to me about this. Yeah, yeah what is that? I'm, I'm intrigued to see what I'm, I'm intrigued. Does. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't pick him up on waivers. It's not like I wasn't, like, thinking about it. <laughs> Right, I've certainly considered it. If you have complete trash, it's mine as well. Stash the guy, see what happens. Uh, but the other reports coming out too is Yeldon will remain the guy. So hopefully, if you had Fournette, you, you hinked him up to uh, 
uh, Yeldon, because Yeldon's been just as good as what you probably were going to get from Fournette anyways. He's had 14, 16, 20 over his last three weeks. I mean, the guy's been everything you would have wanted, even if I don't think he's the talent of Fournette. The volume's been there, especially in the receiving game, which is what we expected out of Fournette. So honestly, if I'm an owner and I have Yeldon, I would be pretty happy about this. I don't want Fournette rushed back. This gives him a very long time. You've got to imagine by the end of the bye, he's back to full health. What's the point at this point to put him out there one or two weeks before a bye week let him get all those five weeks let him get fully healthy and then by week 10 you're looking at a huge surge to your fantasy lineup the Jaguars obviously getting this guy I imagine if he's back to full health they've already ridden Yeldon to a complete uh he might be ridden to the ground by that point so I bet you it comes the the four net show when he's back he's a guy again if you're in that five and oh you know four and one spot and you can buy low uh just like I've been trying to do with Le'Veon Bell you got to know that the light at the end of the tunnel is at week 10 so can you stomach those weeks do you have the depth at running back do you have Yeldon uh, and the Fournette owner doesn't he would be an interesting buy low because I do think weeks 10 through 16 the guy could be a monster I got offered in one league like a Naeem Hines for Leonard Fournette and I'm in good shape so yeah absolutely I'll give up Hines to get that last six weeks of Leonard Fournette of course I will of course Um, no I'm of course you will somebody what are they doing who are you playing with I have, you know, I have no idea. Uh, just morons, I guess. So I took that one. Hands out, it's a PPR league, so I guess I get it. The guy's desperate. He's one in four. Doesn't have Yeldon dying at the the sword of Fournette right now. So I'll take it. Uh, I'm in, you know, three and two. Even I'm not even in great shape, but I'll I'll buy low. So to me, it's obviously annoying as an owner, but long term, I would feel better that they're resting him through the week nine by. You get that long to fully heal up. You and if he flares up after week ten, resting all this time then fuck him he's awful but i think you're going to get those last six weeks just a monstrous performance from leonard fournette and again goodbye low if you have the ability to do so right now all right evan ingram due to his knee is out for week six against the eagles um which i have him in one of my starting lineups so that reminds me i need to go fix that uh but i'm hearing he's probably going to be back against the falcons the following week and that's obviously a great matchup to target. And that's kind of the point of this blurb is to remind people, hey, if you have Ingram in your lineup, make sure he's out. I had him in a couple too. And you got to look, you know, maybe Cameron Brayton, who we just talked about, that money uh, rapport with Jameis Winston. If he's out there, great fill-in opportunity. We'll also talk about other couple guys, but CJ Uzuma, only 26% owned right now, facing Pittsburgh, second most points to tight ends. And he had he logged 92% snaps last week. And then Croft went down. So, I mean, he should be looking at 100% of the snaps this week in a juicy matchup. So, look at Uzuma, or even if you're truly desperate, Niles Paul, a Jaguars tight end that stepped in for uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins since he hit the IR, came off a nine-target, seven-catch, 65-yard day. For the truly desperate, he's only 2% owned. Uh, he could actually make make some real plays, a converted wideout type of tight end. You like that athleticism when they have that stuff. So a few names to look at if you're looking for an Evan Ingram replacement plan for this week. Greg Olson, he of the glass foot, is practicing <laughs> on Wednesday. What do you think? I think you roll him out if you have him. I mean, unless it's behind a guy like Jared Cook or Jordan Reed. If you can wait and see what Olsen does, great. Because you mentioned the glass foot. It could just flare up. And then he's done for the rest of the season. That's a huge risk. He's already said he's probably going to have to have surgery when this is all said and done. So he's not at full health by any means. But Norv Turner has always loved his tight ends. Cam Newton needs that reliable middle-of-the-field target. Funchess has filled in decently in that role but hasn't inspired the you know full confidence that Greg Olson would just disappear by any means. So at such an injury-ravaged position, I'd love to stash him and use him later on if he pans out. But ultimately, you might not even have that option, and you could roll him out uh, in Week 30. 
he's my tight end 13 going into the week. Second or third worst coach in the NFL, Frank Reich, announced that T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle both still week to week. Thoughts on that? Well, Eric Ebron shows. I logged 15 targets last week when both those guys are out. He's had double-digit targets for three straight weeks when Doyle's out, 15 when Hilton was out too, and he absolutely feasted. You saw the two touchdowns just dominated the Patriots. He was the engine of the passing game, and the other guy to check is Chester Rogers has had 11 targets in back-to-back weeks. They're facing the Jets, who give up the fourth-most points to wide receivers. He's matched up with Buster Screen out of the slot which is just a very juicy matchup. So uh, it, what this means to me is the, the most pass-heavy attack in the league, almost 80% pass-to-run ratio in favor of the pass. Uh, you, you can look at those weapons, even if they're not attractive names. Ebron at this point sexy. He's tight end four in my rankings. Uh, but Chester Rogers, even Ryan Grant, are guys you could stream in the flex at a desperate situation, particularly Rogers, is of appeal to me. Yeah, I mean uh... – Chester, what the hell ever his name is, he's in one of our uh, mailbag questions later that I think you sent in. So uh, yep. we'll, we're, we're, we're blowing <laughs> some smoke. for myself. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, last but not least, or maybe last but least. Uh, this popped up right He of the committee, the dreaded three-horse committee, the guy that you said if you can get some name recognition from this guy, like trade him, trade him, trade him. Now him I might trade for Naeem Hines, depending on what was going on. Uh, running back Devontae Freeman, foot. They should just say committee next to him, not foot. Is battling a bone contusion, the source said. He didn't practice today due to the soreness, and his status for Sunday is clearly in doubt. He did do some work on the side over, so his status in doubt, so you don't know if he's going to be inactive or if you can count on him for eight carries for 33 yards. One of right. those things is is going to happen, though. One of those things will happen. I like the whole, he did do work on the side. What is he, mowing lawns? I like, know, on the seriously, side? Like, like accounting, what? <laughs> right, exactly. What's what's this work on the side and what does it matter to me? I mean, you got to hope that he just sits in terms of if you own Tevin Coleman or maybe even Ido Smith because then it just becomes a two-headed show and that's much, much more productive for fantasy. So ultimately, fantasy owners, the only positive that could come out of this is Freeman sits and you get another juicy matchup for Tevin Coleman would be a borderline RB1 against the Bucks in this points bonanza, as I keep calling it. Uh, but otherwise, if Freeman plays, he's banged up and it's stuck in a committee. There's no way he could be in your lineup and you could trust him. Tevin Coleman maybe becomes a little more flexible because he might end up – Freeman flares up and he's out. Or maybe they just ride Coleman because they know their other guy is a little bit more banged up. So this just bumps Coleman up a little bit. Freeman obviously takes a huge hit. You can't start him, can't trust him. He was actually – we do our higher, lower Hail Marys. That's what's coming Before next. this news break, Freeman was already my, my lower. So now it's just, you know, you can't even start this guy. He's borderline useless. It, it sucks. It sucks for your second rounder. But you, you got to put him on benches until further notice. Yeah, I don't care what kind of work he's doing on the sidelines. He's benched. <laughs> I don't care what kind of work that guy's doing. All right, we come back, we're going to talk about who we're higher on, who we're lower on, and who we're willing to take a shot at. Toss a Hail Mary to right after this. All right, quarterbacks. There's not a clear-cut guy that you're higher on. You're one or two higher on a couple guys. Uh, but we're going to go uh, with Phillip Rivers, who the experts have as their QB11, uh, which you, who you have as your QB11, which is four higher than the experts. 
Mm-hmm. What the hell from both of you? Like, <laughs> how could he possibly be so low? I know QB eleven. I thought I was like, all right, you know, Philip Rivers seems like a, a decent spot for him, and then I realized I was the, he's at QB fifteen from the experts, which is why he's going to be featured here. I don't get it. He's thrown for multiple TDs every single week this season. He has over twenty one fantasy points in four out of five contests. It really doesn't get much more consistent than that. And the only one he was under was when the Rams defense was healthy and one of the scariest potential matchups you could have. So yeah, I get it. The ceiling's not enormous. It's not sexy rolling up Philip Rivers, but with such a high floor. Against Cleveland, yeah, I get the six lowest points of quarterbacks, but that's, you know, I don't buy that in this sense because they just gave up 35 points to David Carr. I mean, uh, Derek Carr threw for 400 yards on these guys. It's just more of a shootout potential when you got a guy like Baker Mayfield making this offense a little more explosive on the other side. So Phillip Rivers will do his damage. He'll have another multiple touchdown week. Maybe he hits 300 yards and another ho-hum 21-point day. That does not belong at quarterback 15, the type of floor like that. You need him towards your top 10 at least. I'm going to list the quarterbacks for you that have more touchdowns than Phillip Rivers this year. Pat Mahomes. Uh, it's probably not very many. It's Pat Mahomes. Yeah. That's it. Is that it? Just Pat That's Mahomes? Phillip Rivers has 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. So I don't want to hear any shit talked about Phillip Rivers. Guy's averaging 300 yards a game. I know we always talk about how he's not sexy, and it's true. He's not. He's got eight freaking kids, and he like, that's seems pretty like. But that's sexy pretty kid. fucking sexy, is what I'm saying yeah. to you. I mean, 300 yards a game. PPR, his lowest game is 21 points, and other than that, he's been 26, 28, like 33, 35. I mean, he's this guy is money. 13 right. touchdowns, two interceptions. Think about it. Mahomes, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, there really not that far off. You're right. Huh? No. All right. Uh, let's talk who you're lower on. Cam Newton, you got him as your 13. That's a good uh, – just like now that you say that, though, it would be a good like little tweet, like player A, player B. It's just like that. he's that close to Pat Mahomes who everybody is rightfully gargling as deep throat as they can, and he deserves it. I mean he has the huge cock. But Phillip sure. Rivers clearly one touchdown away, and the passing yards I'm sure isn't that far off either. So that, that's insane to me how close they are and how disrespected Phillip Rivers gets. And he's probably even safer than Mahomes because he's been doing it for so long. Phillip Rivers is Mr. Reliable. Look, Phillip Rivers – like since you said player A, player B, you know how many more yards Mahomes has passed for than Philip Rivers on the season? Eighteen. Eighteen yeah. more yards on the season. That's a that's a good little tweet right there. Player A versus player B. That, that's crazy. I mean, to me. they have essentially identical passing stats. Identical Mahomes, stats. Mahomes, Mahomes does Mahomes have is... two rushing touchdowns, but that's really the right. only difference. Um, all right, here we go. Um, lower Cam Newton, Washington. You got him as your QB 13 playing against uh, playing in Washington. That's seven lower than the experts. I'm with you on this one. The experts have him as their QB six. And they got Damn. Philip Rivers as their QB 15. What the hell is going on? I don't know, man. It's a fantasy just Armageddon out there right now. But Cam Newton, you know, it's it's risky because I last week I said Drew Brees should be lower because he's facing Washington, and clearly that wasn't right. Drew Brees, though, is an elite passer, and Cam Newton's not. His game's always dependent on the legs. And when you have an offense that can shut down the pass uh, that's even competent against it, Cam Newton often folds. He's got two games already out of four where he's under 200 yards passing, and I bet he goes under 200 yards passing yet again against this tough Washington D. So he'll get it done on the, the ground. He'll probably rush in for a score. But ultimately, I'm looking at you know 180 yards passing, maybe an interception or two, and a, a, maybe a touchdown. I don't like what it's lining up for. He's also got two games under 20 fantasy points. I don't see how, like you just mentioned, Phillip Rivers is nine spots below this guy when he hasn't gone under 20 other than one time. Cam Newton's already done it twice. Over half his game have been under 20 points. And this is looking like a matchup on the road, a tough team, a tough run defense again, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of Cam Newton this week. 
Hail Mary, does Jameis Winston going against the Falcons even count? He's 43% owned, 10% started, and he is your QB6 this week. Man, I am not aligned with you on your QB rankings. I liked your Newton ranking. I didn't like your Rivers. I, I have a hard time seeing how this guy could be ranked above Rivers. Also, I know he's playing at Atlanta. Um, I guess their defense is, is pretty terrible, but I just don't trust Jameis, and I do trust Rivers. Why do you trust Jameis so much? I, I mean, if ultimately, if it's who do I trust more for like 20 points? It's definitely Rivers. I get it. But uh, Jameis, to me, drips in that like 30 point, you know, 35, 40 point type of day against this decimated Atlanta D. I mean, the weapons are insane. Deshaun Jackson is having a career renaissance right now. Mike Evans is back to the Mike Evans that we expected last year. And that, you know, the, the tight end situation, Brayton and him have always had great chemistry. It's Atlanta's a shootout style team with a horrendous defense. I think it's going to be back and forth, back and forth all day. I think Matt Ryan, I mean, he's my number three quarterback. It goes Brady, uh, I mean, Mahomes, Brady, and then Matt Ryan. And it's pretty you know, clear cut to me, just shootout game, shootout game. I love all, all those guys involved. I think Winston has a big game back. I, I really like one thing that's kind of going on the radar is uh, Dirk Cutter, their offensive coordinator. Smart guy, creative guy, loves to get vertical. Um, their, their head coach, I mean. But he's handed over the reins to Todd Munkin, their offensive coordinator this year. And we've seen the, the way Fitzpatrick has taken just way more deep shots this year. Uh, Todd Munkin just loves dialing up. He comes from Ole Miss where they just would throw the deep ball relentlessly. And now that he has kind of the, the reins to this offense, we've seen it really lighted up. Over 400 passing yards in three out of four weeks and the only week it wasn't was when Fitzpatrick got benched so I mean th- this offense has really f- been high flying I think Winston I-, I get that he isn't as good as targeting wide receivers things like that there- there's historic stats to that but ultimately I think this offensive scheme has just been that much better this year and they get the perfect you know welcome back Winston matchup against this decimated uh, non-existent defense I-, I think Winston explodes in his return maybe and I agree that he has the weapons to do it. But, I mean, how many times has he had, like, a huge 35-point fantasy game even in his career? I mean, not too damn many. Not many. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm skeptical. I know he's a Hail Mary, so it's not like you're all in on him. But, uh, right. But uh, QB6, I don't know. I, 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 we, I, we should have some sort of bet on that because I'll bet you he's not. Rivers um, versus – yeah, I mean, that's a fair bet. I'll, Rivers I'll, versus Winston. I'll take, yeah. I'll take Rivers over Winston. You get the floor there. Okay. The other guy I wanted to mention too though, because Winston is, is pretty high owned, is Mitch Trubisky. Fresh off a six-touchdown day, still only 26% owned, only 4% started. I get it. It's Mitch Trubisky. He's had three duds to one explosion. So, you know, where does this offense lay? Probably somewhere in the middle ground. I don't expect six touchdowns, especially with Miami only giving up the second fewest points to QBs. But I also think this offense – offense really started to click. I think Matt Nagy's system is finally settling. It's very complex, but it's starting to finally get the fingerprints ready. It's just all over it, and it's it's back to get a bye to kind of scheme and get ready even more so. I, I like Mitch Trubisky. I could see him not six touchdowns, but maybe three to go with 250, 300 yards. For only 4% started, I'd say he's a pretty good Hail Mary for sure. All right, fair enough. Let's go to running backs. Uh, a guy that you're higher on, you're saying you've got Dalvin Cook against the Cardinals, you got him as your RB11, that's 11 spots higher than the experts. You say that's way too easy. It's a similar yeah. situation to Joe Mixon last week. It's probably going to change if he's confirmed active. He's a, a, a deal on DraftKings, 5,700. But, oh, yeah. you know, you've never liked the easy way out. So let's go even more uh, kind of off the chart. You got Tariq Cohen at Miami as your RB17, which is 17 mm-hmm. spots higher than the experts. Defend that. Yeah, and what's not to love here? He's fresh off 26.9 explosion performance 
seven of eight catches for 120 yards and a TD in that one. And he's facing a Miami defense. We just talked about how they're good against the pass uh, in terms of limiting quarterbacks. But where they get destroyed is by pass-catching running backs. They have very slow linebackers in coverage. They're D-linemen over-pursue. So the screen game works in- incredibly well. And that's what Nagy's offense is all about. We saw that against Tampa Bay where Cohen exploded. Uh, the-, the Dolphins have surrendered at least five receptions to a running back in four of their five weeks. And this offense, again, w- exploded two weeks ago when Cohen was the centerpiece. I was powered and just giving you no reason to not move forward doing such a thing. So I love Cohen. He brings such explosive, versatile talent to the table. I think Howard will get back involved and, and be okay, but Cohen's not just going to disappear. 12 to 15 touches against this ju- joke of a matchup. Uh, again, we saw James White, Jalen, Richard, Ball Powell even have 15-point days against these guys. And you're telling me Tariq Cohen should be the running back 34? That's after so this stupid. humongous? You know, it's, it's idiotic. But not so as I, stupid but as the guy you're lower on who we're about to talk about. And that I don't know if this one counts anymore because of the, the injury. This is before the injury news, so that one might be too easy. No, but let's but we talk, can still let's, just I mean, we, we already talked about him, so we don't have to talk about him for long. But you've got Devontae Freeman <coughs> against the Bucks uh, as your RB26. That's 10 spots lower than the experts. They, to Just to be clear, they have this guy as their RB16 who is very clearly in a three-man committee at running back. Right. Absolutely. And hasn't done anything this year. It's not like he had some big games and then got hurt and they're going to work him back. He hasn't done anything. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's the logic there. Three-headed committee and still banged up. How could he be RB16? Now with this foot injury coming out and him probably not going to be playing, obviously he tossed that one out. Uh, But anyways, like how could the experts have had him at RB16 in this trapped, in this horrible situation? I get the matchup. It's juicy against Tampa Bay. uh, But come on. The, Edo Smith got the touchdown last week. What the fuck? There's no clarity. There's no clarity. There's no consistency. There's no way this guy should be RB16, especially not ahead of like Tariq Cohen. Uh, the committee, he's trapped. You can't trust Tariq Cohen. This guy's in a three-headed committee. Absolutely mind-boggling to me. So the other guy I went as a backup to lower was Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm only you know, three or four spots lower on than the experts. Um, but he's facing the Jags, which is always a, an elite defense. I think this passing game is going to get completely swallowed up. There's going to be no semblance. What receiver can actually get open against that defense? None. So they're going to make the Ezekiel Elliott beat. You know, they're going to make uh, Dak Prescott beat him and sell out to stop Zeke. And he's coming off a, a pretty dud performance, 11 fantasy points. So dud by his his standards. The the fact that he's caught seven balls last week it raises his floor a little bit. But I don't think you get your typical 20 point Zeke performance hovering right again around like 10 or so, in my opinion. All right, Hail Mary. Ronald Jones. Remember, he was the guy I told you that in, in every draft I did, he was the guy that the computer had ranked high that was always yep. around for a long time. And you said we should we should track that. Well, he was the main guy, uh, although not mm-hmm. the only guy. Uh, he was one of the most cut players of the week. Uh, you also have in there. <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but why do you like Ronald Jones? Just because Peyton Barber's so terrible? Uh, yeah, Peyton Barber is just awful. He's done nothing um, it, so far when the opportunities presented itself. And then you get Atlanta, which, again, we saw James Conner go for 30. Running backs have just destroyed them um, all year. And only 28% owned is Ronald Jones right now. He hasn't done anything on an NFL field. I get it. He's only averaged a three yards a carry in his first game action. But he outsnapped and outtouched Barber, so it's kind of like a changing of the guard two weeks ago. They have the bye. You imagine maybe they kind of worked in the offense 
defense to have Ronald Jones more featured. So I expect him to have a decent day against this very burnable Atlanta secondary. If you want to go real deep, Hail Mary, though, you can look at his his pass-catching complement, Jaquiz Rogers, 0% owned. I can see him racking up five, six cheap catches, maybe even finding the end zone on one of those catches if it's a full PPR league. Jaquiz could, if you're completely desperate, be an interesting Hail Mary toss out there. Uh, DraftKings, I bet you he's only like 3K. Whatever the cheapest thing is. Whatever the cheapest would be. Because, again, Dan Quinn's defense for the last three years running since he came to Atlanta has always surrendered the most receptions to running backs. And I think that could be a a sneaky blow-up spot for Jaquiz Rogers at the bare minimum price. My buddy Willie, as we're talking, just uh, messaged me and said, I think it's about time they took Devontae Freeman out back and shot him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah of mice and men style just the, the dogs <laughs> all right let's talk wide receivers let Coleman get free and before <laughs> oh man there's uh, there's so many references I want to make there um wide receiver and by the way I just added our our week six Jameis against Philip Rivers uh bet to the big board we have one other standing bet this year do you remember what it is uh, no, I don't actually forget this one. What was it? PPR for the season. You took Odell Beckham. I took Mike Thomas. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I remember you were so brash when you yeah. did it. You were so smug. Anyway. Uh, anyway. That one's going well. We got to make some more bets then this not, year. Not going too well for you now. I was, I beat no. you last year in most of the bets too. And I, and I remember I beat you on a week 17 bet last year where I took Brock Osweiler and won. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, and they were both awful. They were like the 29th and 30 worst quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> and I just picked I'm the trying, one. Who did I even have? You had that? Deshaun was, Kaiser. And I was like, oh, and I was like, no way am I going with that guy. I'm going for Brock. And I was right. Oh. I was right by like half a point. Anyway, oh my uh, wide receivers. A uh, guy you're higher on, Mike Evans at Atlanta. Uh, wide receiver. Man, you love this Tampa Bay-Atlanta matchup. He's your wide receiver three, six spots above the experts. And yeah, just as you mentioned that too, not that we're a DFS show by any means, but the the clear-cut winning strategy of these millionaire lineups, and you look at them, they all have four or five players from the same game. Not necessarily the same team, but you, you target these over-under games. This You're one at 57 and a half. Uh, you, you look for the shootouts. You look for the Pats Chiefs. You look for the Falcons and Bucks. Uh, I actually saw a stat that that's a 57 and a half over and the Bucks have been over in five straight contests. Their defense is horrible. So they've let up a ton of points and they've been pretty explosive on offense scoring and playing catch up. So uh, all that again equates to a big blow up situation for Winston and his main guy, Mike Evans, the second most points per game behind only Adam Thielen right now in fantasy football for wide receivers. So he's been a beast. He's back to his old form. I know, you know, there's some questions about the chemistry between Winston and Evans, but just two years ago, they had 12 touchdowns together. So, I mean, the guy can get it done, has got it done in the past with Winston. He should absolutely destroy Desmond Trufant, who's covered nobody on the season, never mind a guy like Mike Evans. So, I mean, this Falcons D, they've allowed a a third down on 55% of the drive. So over half of third downs are getting converted. That's dead last in the NFL. And, you know, Mike Evans is just a third down horse. So I imagine he's going to get peppered with targets, rack up 10 or so catches, maybe Two of them going for touchdowns in addition to 100-plus yards. An absolute blow-up play on DraftKings at 8,100. Josh Gordon against the Chiefs. You're cheating a little bit. You're doing more than one guy. Uh, but this is another guy to, you're high on. 24 for your wide receiver. That's 11 spots higher than the experts. I mean, he, Josh Gordon, KC defense, not much. 
No, exactly. I and I've gotten the reason I had to throw him in is because I get asked about him, uh, you know, That's relentlessly true. since people that blow up touchdown. People want to know my thoughts on Gordon, and I, I have great thoughts about the guy. After Tom Brady post game says he's earned my trust, tells you the kind of confidence I had to, in a really short period. He made sure to make sure, like, emphasize really short period of time. I have this kind of confidence. Uh, that, that's huge when you enter Tom Brady's circle of trust. It takes you know many guys, Chad Ochocinco, Joey Galloway, never made it in, and Gordon's already there in two weeks. That type of throw, you know, double coverage, heaving it up, and when having him make that play, it only is foreshadowing the huge things to come. And I think more huge things could come against a non-existent Kansas City defense. I mean, Kansas City averaging 35 points a game, so you know they're going to put up theirs. You know the Patriots are going to have to you know keep up pace with them, and obviously you got Tom Brady. He's going to be able to keep pace and their most explosive weapon, their best shot at the huge chunk plays to, to get up early is, is Josh Gordon. I get it. Only 28% of the snaps, only four targets. So the usage, there are question marks. And I don't suddenly see him becoming an every down player, but his role will keep growing as this trust is forged. Uh, and they, again, they don't have the firepower to push it as far downfield as anybody better than that, than Josh Gordon, maybe even in the league, uh, never mind on the Patriots team. So I think he gets deep at least for one score, if not a couple. He's also great at tackle breaking. Uh, and Belichick has cited that his ability in the short game is just as good in the long game. I could see him having a much more high u- usage role in such a, a crucial shootout style game. I really like Gordon to blow. Up. A guy you're lower on, a lot lower on actually than the experts. <laughs> Allen Robinson at Miami, you got him as your wide receiver 32, 14 spots below the experts. And I'm just going to come out and say it. Wolf, I think you're too high on him. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't get it. <laughs> 32? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He seems like a 40, 45 guy until further notice. I don't get it. I Well, you're dead right because his finishes so far this year, wide receiver 41, oh. wide receiver 29, wide receiver 43, wide receiver 41. So, those I mean, are his actual what, stat? Those are, those are his finishes in fantasy for wow. the first four weeks that he's played. I, I don't get what is the fascination with this guy. Why is he at wide receiver 18? He has a big body. I mean, he, great. He has the, the prototypical X wide receiver frame. Great. Why so would maybe you Maybe the main, ranked- same moron that's putting Devontae Freeman as RB16 probably put this guy wherever he is exactly I, I don't get the the appeal and all the hype around Allen robinson taylor gabriel's leading the team in catches yards and scores in every receiving category yeah robinson had a touchdown last week but that's the only thing he did and miami's giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers particularly strong against their number one receivers this oh just isn't a number one target hog style offense and robinson clearly the numbers reflect that he hasn't had anything going 29 is his top 14 targets to be the wide receiver 29 he's not seeing that volume anymore he's not producing like that anymore robinson's useless uh it's just not nearly as appealing as his ranking suggests i don't get it uh sometimes like you know i know we always talk about the so-called experts and we and it's like sometimes i'm like why aren't we on the top of this pile yeah it doesn't make sense i don't, I don't <laughs> like i mean that. i know there's i know like the financial backing is a big part of it, but my gosh, like what are these guys? Are these guys watching football even? He hasn't topped right. double digits. He's only topped double digits once this year. There's a guy on his team that's like better than him. Right. I, we're actually going to talk about Hail Marys right now. Yeah, you got three absolutely. Hail Marys, so blow by these, blow through these quick because we're going long. Uh, yeah, I gotcha. Taylor Gabriel at Miami, you like uh, 22 spots higher than the experts. Chester Rogers, the aforementioned Chester Rogers playing at the Jets, you got him 28 spots higher than the experts. And Kiki Cutie against Buffalo, you got him 16 spots uh, higher than the experts. I think every one of these guys is actually going to show up in a mailbag question later. 
Absolutely. I love Taylor Gabriel. Like I mentioned, he's the real engine of this passing game, very dangerous in screens, which is the real way you can beat Miami. They're a very poor tackling team. And this, he's the leading receiver, no recognition, seven targets every single week. Uh, the only thing that's ever been missing with Gabriel in his career is usage, and he's found it in Matt Nagy's screen-heavy, vertical, you know, obsessed offense. He's the perfect fit for it, and he's going to absolutely blow up. I don't know how he's only the wide receiver 51, but Robinson's the wide receiver 18. Makes no sense. Chester Rogers, Jets again, like we said, give up the fourth most points to receivers. Matched up with Buster Screen, maybe the worst cornerback in the league. The Colts are the pass-heaviest team in the league at 80% almost. They, they had pass-run ratio, and he's only 8% owned and 2% started. Makes no sense to me with Hilton out, and this guy's seen 11 targets in two straight weeks, and been good. He's got double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back Weets much rather have him in my lineup than Allen Robinson. And then Kiki QT, the Hail Mary play of last week, worked out pretty well. He got a touchdown and scored. I don't get why there's no love for this guy. Why is he down at wide receiver 49 in rankings? He scored a touchdown and 14 fantasy points last week, used in creative ways on shovel passes and whatnot, and sets an NFL record in his debut with 11 catches. He's very highly used. This offense is definitely clicking with Deshaun Watson now back into full health form, throwing for over 300 yards in four straight games, over 307 and three straight. Uh, what's not to love about Kiki QT in this very explosive attack? Love all three of those guys as Hail, Hail Marys. All right, tight ends, higher. Eric Ebron against the Jets. You got him as your tight end four. That's four spots higher than the experts. Seems to me like that should be right around where he is, actually. Uh, who do you think's better than him? Ertz, Gronk, and Kelsey? Exactly. After the big three, I don't see how anyone else could be ranked above Eric Ebron. You could even make the case that he belongs above Gronk. He certainly ranks above him in fantasy points right now. Now, long term, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think so. But he's been dominant. He just put up 27 points against the worst, uh, the, the fewest fantasy points to tight ends were the New England Patriots entering that game. He just hung 27 points on him, logging 15 targets with both Hilton and Doyle out. Uh, it, I don't get why it's not clear that this guy should be the tight end four. Uh, how is he down at tight end eight? It doesn't make any sense to me. I get the Jets are a tougher matchup against tight ends where they let wide receivers blow up against them. But Ebron's their number one target. Five touchdowns lead the position. He's only been under double digits one single week this entire year. He's been the tight end steal off waiver wires and an absolute monster and has to be a top five tight end every single week. Uh, never mind a week where, where Jack Doyle's out too. Lower. Jordan Reed against Carolina. You got him as your tight end 11. That's four spots lower than the experts. Do we have anyone on the staff that said that Jordan Reed was just a complete <laughs> walk-in fucking joke and would never touch him in a million years? Do anybody wow. on the Roto Street Journal staff I, that had the guts to stick his neck out and say his, that? his dick and saying it was a long one, too. There's I, I no don't remember chance. anybody hating against him. I would him. never have done that. Ever. <laughs> Not even like four years ago. Before uh, like the 12 concussions. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like the injuries have caught up to him. He doesn't look like that freakish athlete that once was such a mismatch nightmare anymore. He has only one game above double digits, and that was in week one. Hasn't topped it since then. He sees, you know, five or six targets a week. But Vernon Davis has been nearly equally involved, seeing just as many targets, uh, almost as many at least. And Carolina, yeah, they give the 10th most points to tight ends. Yeah, they give up 286 yards, which is 26th in the league, uh, passing yards a game. But Reed's just been very inconsistently used easy to take out and just may doesn't look like that same athlete again that once dominated the league so i'm not high on him i don't get how he's above guys like burton and yoku and cook and Brait. there's just nothing to me that says reed needs to be in lineups like everyone seems to suggest all right tight end hail mary cg uzuma cj uzuma not to be confused with the salt man versus uh <laughs> pittsburgh tight end 16 two spots higher than the experts that's hardly a hail mary uh, real Hail Mary, Niles Paul against Dallas. Uh, 
tight end 20, 19 spots higher than the experts. That's a real Hail Mary. Right, exactly. We talked about both these guys when we mentioned uh, the, the replacement plan for Evan Ingram, but Uzuma, where I would turn first, the second most points to tight ends Pittsburgh surrendered. This guy was a 92% snap player last week. Now Croft's out, so he's going to be about a 100% snap player. I see him finding the end zone at least once against this horrendous Pittsburgh defense, especially against tight ends. But Niles Paul, converted wide out, freakish athlete, nine targets, seven catches, 65 yards in his first real extensive action now Austin Sparrow and Jenkins confirmed out so they're going to really scheme around Niles Paul a little bit more I can see another consistent you know 10 points or so coming against Dallas that ranks right in the middle of the pack against tight ends I like that Hail Mary if you're completely desperate all right we'll be right back with week six's three burning questions right after this All right, we are back. Burning questions. Jameis Winston, this is question number one, will be making his first start after Ryan Fitzmagic had this pass attack feasting for 400-plus weekly yards in the air. What should we expect in his first week back? We've talked a little bit about this, but what do you think? I think he comes back against Atlanta and explodes. His defense is horrendous. It's the perfect welcome back matchup. Winston has that deep arm, and Todd Munkin's been calling far more vertical shots, which is why Fitzmagic was so so magical, to, to use his name, uh, over those first few weeks. I think Winston's going to step in and be just as much as of a beast as he has been. Now, there is some concerning kind of historic passing trends. You look at his passer rating when targeting different positions. I found this one from our boy Scott Barrett at Pro Football Focus. Tight ends, he's unbelievable. 120.7 passer rating, third out of 25 signal callers over that span. He's money with that. You know, Cameron Brait, OJ Howard, those guys will be beastly. Running backs, not nearly as good, but not horrible. 95.8 passer rating, 19th of 25 qualifying QBs. Well, wide receivers takes a real big hit. 81.2 passer rating, which was dead last, 25th of 25 qualifiers. And it was, you know, clearly divided even more. Slot receivers were okay, 90.3, likes that intermediate range. The 76.6 for outside side wide receivers is where you got to be concerned i know i said mike evans is my boy this week i love him and i still do i think they they fixed these woes and the the attack has just been that much better this year but that is a little bit concerning for sure for deshaun jackson and mike evans moving forward the outside receivers haven't been great under winston but every position has destroyed atlanta so at least for this first week you can roll him out confidently and stream him i'd absolutely love to play winston if i was quarterback needy and i think he catches fire and just kind of lights that up for the rest of the year too it's such a horrendous defense they're going to always be in catch-up mode i'm going to need a week to see it maybe even two question (laughs) number two jsi is done for the season darren sproles is out for the game which leaves Corey clement and wendell smallwood as the last two guys standing that's a good way to look at it too Who do you prefer in fantasy and are either or both of them startable? Man, I've kind of wavered internally on both of these guys. Yeah. And one one second I'm feeling Smallwood, the next second I'm like, ah, it's Corey Clement. And I'd say now that I'm on the spot, I'm switching my answer again. And I'm actually going to say Corey Clement. I don't even know my rankings reflect this quite yet. I'll have to update them. But I just feel better about the guy who had six touchdowns last year, proven red zone dependency, great wide receiving weapon out of the backfield too. He has kind of all that already established. Whereas Smallwood's shown those flashes. I mean, two of his last three has gone for over 16 fantasy points. So the guy has had some beastly moments and has more of like a featured back feel but I just like Corey Clements more established role I see both of them getting you know 12 to 15 touches and in this 
explosive attack, I could see both finding the end zone. So yes, I think both are very startable. I've got a lot of questions that, you know, right around that Naeem Hines kind of right. that tier is where I slide these guys into. And they've been obviously some of the most asked about guys because they're all widely available on the waiver wires. A lot of people injecting them in the lineups. I think you can feel very confident doing so. I don't know if this will be out before Thursday night football by the time they play, but I could see both of them having decent games in Thursday night football. Does one ever emerge as a true featured back? Probably not. Peterson's never done that in his career. I don't think it's going to happen here with either of these two guys. But that gives both you know enough volume to both these guys to be usable flexes by at minimum, maybe even RB two uh, options by the end of the season. Last burning question: The 49ers have suffered utter decimation due to injury this year. That actually is an understatement, I would say. The most recent casualty, Matt Breda, who is unlikely to play on Monday night. This would move Alfred Morris to the top of the depth chart. Is he a viable fantasy option, or is the San Fran backfield just a hard stay away at this point? And then, as an aside, for that matter, is there anyone other than George Kittle you would even want on this team? <laughs> I would want Breda long-term, but uh, in terms of actually using this week, it's pretty much Kittle or Bust, and he's been good. I, I still like Kittle, one of the only dependable tight ends this year. I, I believe it's 85 or more yards in, I think, four out of five contests. So, I mean, this guy's been getting it done. I like Kittle, uh, but yeah, he, I mean, Goodwin, Garcon, none of those guys have developed any type of rapport with Beathard. Uh, and then Alfred Morris, he, what he's benefited from is Beathard's love to dump it off. Morris has never been a receiving back. Uh, so the, this is really, really game flow dependent. Morris could have a, a solid start, rumble for a touchdown early on. It's not like Green Bay has a great run defense. We saw AP destroy them. But I'm I'm very nervous they get down big pretty early against Rodgers, who's rounding into form, fresh off a 460-yard day. I could see them just destroying the 49ers early on, the defense swallowing up this uh, this horrendous overall 49ers offense, and then suddenly Kyle Juszczyk becomes the main back. He's a good pass protector, a good receiver. Came out, he's fresh off a six-reception day. Uh, it maybe get you know Morris very risky to me. I wouldn't want to start him unless I was absolutely desperate. He's right at running back 30 or so. I'm about seven spots lower than the ECR and Alfred Morris this week. Uh, I'm just nervous he's going to get game flowed out and use check actually becomes the guy that you wouldn't even want in your lineup, but is more so uh, producing volume. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. All right, we'll be right back. We got a really crammed mailbag and then we'll get out of here. We're going to dive right into the mailbag. It's a big one. Dan Heggs, standard scoring. What the hell are you doing, man? JV shit. Standard scoring. Awful. I feel like that's like um, I mean, that's like having a TV that you like have to go up and turn the dial on to like change the Right, yeah, you're fixing the antennas. What are you <laughs> doing, man? Come on. <laughs> Stuck Come on, Dan. Seat. What's your problem? Anyway, Loser. Dan wants to know. <laughs> Wendell Smalldick uh, or Tyler Boyd? <laughs> Anyone in a standard league shouldn't be just calling anybody else for a small I know, dick, seriously. But, <laughs> but as much as I, I just said small dick is usable this week, I actually like Tyler Boyd. The, the Steelers' defense gets destroyed by every position. They're a horrendous uh, defense against the pass. Tyler Boyd's been very dependable outside of a bad uh, last week. He's kind of first dud in a while, though. Very dependable guy that Andy Dalton looks to in every third down. I love Tyler Boyd as their chain mover uh, to, to catch nine, ten balls this week in a potential shootout game. Another shootout game right there. The yeah. Bengals and Steelers. Maybe. The, 
what what games you got to target you know the the Atlanta and Bucks the Pats and and the Chiefs you got some real points potentially being put up on the board this week all right Jimbo Slice friend of the podcast Rotor Street Journal mainstay and perennial Rotor Street Journal expert league whipping boy I believe is 0 and 5. Actually. 0 and 5. What a loser. He's going to be getting himself a tattoo of uh, Jameson Crowder if he's not careful. <laughs> anyway, he had like a tramp stamp. We should uh, say uh, the last place in RSJ League should have to get an RSJ tramp stamp. Oh, that'd be great. It's not great. a bad idea, right? Like a, just a cute, oh, a cute, just a cute little one, you know? So it's like even if you have to get stamp. it, even if you have to get it, you're like, all right, I'm RSJ for life. But like you yeah. look at it and you're like, yeah, and I'm kind of a wuss. <laughs> anyway. It'll probably end up being some like random writer who never like talks to us again, but has like a little RSJ tramp stamp on I the would, back of his, his. I would love fantastic. that. I would yeah, love that. Right? I don't want it to be Jimmy. I want it to be some loser. All I right. kind of want to see Jimmy with a little tramp stamp. Right. I wouldn't hate Jimmy would be cute with an RSJ tramp stamp. He would true. Be. All right. Jimbo Slice, full PPR. <laughs> Kiki Cutie, speaking of cuties. Ooh. Or Josh Gordon. Uh, that's a tough one for me because Cutie's obviously the higher floor, especially with the full PPR yeah. setting. Uh, but I'm just, like I said, I think Josh Gordon, Gordon blows up. I'm a, I'm a Gordon Homer. I think he explodes, especially the matchup against the Chiefs with a, the firepower back to back, just juggernauts and juggernauts, bombs, bombs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Josh Gordon, okay. gonna catch a big one. I'm yep. going Josh Gordon. All right, here. CJ is passing this on for Steven. This is a PPR league. Uh, Kittle or Ingram, but I mean Ingram's out, so forget yeah, that. Decision made for right. that. <laughs> pick two. Uh, other tight end. Uh, the other tight end, whoever you didn't pick, but that doesn't count because he's out. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to pick two between Smallwood, Kenyon Drake, ugh, Nelson Aguilar, or Kenny Stills. Not, not great. I mean, none of those are making me excited. No, that's horrendous. I mean, you're locking in Kittle, and then I think Smallwood would be my favorite of those next three. And then I guess Drake off of a, a good receiving performance. Maybe he's usage. That's really the only question with Drake. I love the talent. So I guess I'm going to bet on the talent here. I'm not going with Stills. Fuck that guy. I actually cut him in every league I owned him. I, it's yeah. just a hate cut. I, I hate cut Stills. I'm, I'm done with him. The and then Aguilar. Since, since Alshon's been back, Aguilar has disappeared into irrelevancy. So I'm going to go Smallwood and I'm going to go Drake with those two options. And, and I want to just be clear. I don't like the options, but I agree with your picks. Horrendous options. Uh, this is from Blazo or Blazo. Five, uh, Blazo half, point, half a point PPR. Uh, Kiki. Kiki's showing up in a lot of these or Carlos Hyde. Oh, half PPR. I'm going to roll Hyde, just leading the league in rushing touchdowns. He's been so consistent. Nick Chubb only had two carries last week, so as much as they say they're going to work him in, he hasn't become a thing yet. It's the Carlos Hyde show. All right, this is from me. Uh, full PPR, I need to pick two of these guys. John... No wonder you asked about Alfred Morris earlier. <laughs> well, he's one of the guys. I picked him up off waivers. Yes. Um, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Amari Cooper, Kiki Cutie, Terry Cohen, or Alfred Morris, I need two of them. Now, keep in mind, four of those guys are on my bench. Whoever I'm yeah. picking, those are decent guys, except Cooper, Great who's bench a options. Yeah, right, exactly. I think you leave Cooper there. He's just too inconsistent. Even if he has his blow-up This is his blow-up week, week, though. It will be. It's every other week, so he's going to blow up, but you just got to keep it on the bench. You can't have it going. It comes down to, I mean, Sanders, I lock in, and then it's, you know, John Brown, Cohen, or Cutie. Let and me ask you a be- question. Would you start Tariq Cohen over Chris Carson at running back? Yes. Okay. Well, especially then, then, in a full PPR then, league. Then switch out, switch out Cohen and put Chris Carson in there. 
Okay. Uh, oh, man. It's <laughs> Just tough. to make it not that much easier. I really like – I think John Brown's in a huge blow-up spot. I mean, he's got the most deep targets in the league. Tennessee, we talked about this on the pod week after week, is specializing in one thing. It's getting beat deep by wide receivers. Uh, I think John Brown's just in the ideal situation. Uh, I, you always ask me about John Brown. I always admit I have a bias because I own him too, and I'm praying for a blow-up. But out of those options, it comes down to Sanders is the lock for me. And then QT or Brown are who I'm really considering. Over Carson. And, and for me, yeah, it, over Carson. I, he, Mike Davis stealing the touchdowns. And you never know when that offense will get down big and somebody just disappears. It's sketchy to me. As good as he's played, he's been over 100 yards for this two, two less times on the field. He's been a beast. But uh, I just – who's your other running back? You got Cohen and Car- – you know, Sony Michelle. Yeah, you're playing Sony and Michelle. Uh, so and yeah, I've been patient. I went, I went no running backs. Remember, and I've been right. patient, and now I've got three guys that are decent. I like it, man. Yeah, yeah that team's panning out. To me, I go uh, Sanders and Brown are the two I would go, but that's tough. That's a really fucking hard and that's one. That's who I have in right now, but that is tough. I mean, because there's a, a decent chance I'm going to have chosen wrong on somebody. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of other good guys that I'm leaving on my bench. Maybe I, I, I can keep, flip. Maybe I can flip some Sanders, of these guys. Right? Yeah, I can flip they, some of these guys into like a, a superstar or something. Absolutely. That's what I'd be trying to do. All right. This one is from uh, the Wolf himself. Half PPR flex. Uh, this is the aforementioned four and one. Uh, my, by the way, uh, my daughter just came by and held up a sign that said in that group, you should pick Emmanuel Sanders. Please put this on the podcast. <laughs> I love the support from the Jones family yeah, kids. That's what, the wolf, awesome. that's what she said, just so you know. Or that's what, yes. that's what the Wolf said. I agree. Serena's a smart one. A future wolf getting bred already. I she can is tell. a future wolf. She is. Absolutely. She knows what she's doing. She's she she uh, handles like my uh, you know fantasy game cast on my computer as my games are going on. So tell, she knows what's going games. on. Yeah, she's she'll be she'll be our RSJ employee. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah next absolutely. year she can write for us. Absolutely. All right. Half PPR flex. Uh, this is from the Wolf. Shady, Chester Rogers, Robbie Anderson, and that is followed by L O L O L O L in cats. <laughs> it's <laughs> what the hell are you doing, man? I know. How are you uh, four and one? Uh, it, I'm one and four in that one. Oh, dude. oh, oh I thought that, that was your RSJ team. I was like, oh, oh no, God no. That's my that's my main league. And to me, I'm leaning Chester Rogers. How insane really? is that this group? Really? But out of all those three options, oh, I mean, Robbie Anderson, one and five. Right, exactly. I know, seriously. But to me, Robbie Anderson, only five targets last week, blew up. I, I To me, he's a, I, I paid up for him. I, I'm happy I own him. But I want to see another week of him and Darnold actually connecting. And if I see it two weeks in a row, then I'm ready to throw him in for the rest of the season. I'll, I'll believe in it. But I need to see two weeks in a row because he could be a complete zero. Whereas Rodgers, to me, he's going to have – Five or six catches at minimum, uh, maybe even more. Like I said, Buster Screen is horrendous. Who's going to be matched up with him? He's seen 11 targets in back-to-back weeks. I love that usage. It's the highest volume passing attack in the league right now, and he's the main focal point. To me, he's the highest. Fresh off his best week, so that makes it a little bit tougher for me. But Shady's just so shitty. It's it's such a bad situation. I Every time I bench him, he does okay, and then I put him back in, and he sucks. So I'm going Rodgers. I'm going with Rodgers. All right, this is from at Thumb Ducks. Uh, Josh Gordon, Kiki Cutie, or Josh Reynolds? Uh, I'm going with Josh Gordon there. I, we had that question earlier, yep. Gordon or Cutie. Right. Yeah, but no, he just wanted to see if, if you no like Josh co- Cooks more. or Cup, he's going to be up there, but I would still roll out Gordon. Yeah. 
Um, all right, Amari Cooper or Keelan Cole, half point PPR. Ugh, yeah. I, I guess if you're going that that's low. That's tough. It is a Cooper. It is. It's a every other week plan, and I guess I'd go Cooper there. If you're going that low, you might as well try to get that 25-point yeah, Cooper. I agree. He's got a – Because Cole has just as much of a likelihood to go for only you know 10 yards too. So. Yeah, and Cole Cole has been a little bit of a disappointment. I feel like he's a wide receiver 40 yeah. or something so far. It's like he's had right. one big game. All right. Uh, full PPR, pick two flex, uh, Quincy Anunwa, he of the zero oh. catches last week. Alex Collins, uh, he of the Ravens committee who you said trade. Corey Clement or Corey Davis. This is from Justin. I'm going to lean with Clement and Davis on that one. Full PPR, Davis has that target hog yeah. upside. I know he's been much more inconsistent, much more bust than boom. Uh, but I, I like him. I, I like Davis. I think he bounces back this week for a nice, you know, 10 catch type of day. Clement, too. I, I like his touchdown upside on Thursday night football. Uh, and I like his role. 15 touches in this explosive offense could go a long way. I'm a big fan of Corey Clement. He's my favorite option of these. And it comes down to Davis or, or Collins for me. And I'm going to side with Davis. All right. Uh, this is from Johnny Goodtimes, full PPR. Uh, Corey Clement or Naeem Hines? Oh, that, that, that's like literally neck and neck. I'm going to say Naeem mm-hmm. Hines with all the other weapons out there. He's been such a, a PPR monster. You can't bench this guy at this point. All right, same guy, same scoring system, Taylor Gabriel Keel, or Keelan Cole. I like Gabriel. We've already talked about him as my Hail Mary play of the week. I love the usage he's seeing in this offense that's rounding into form. I'm a big fan of Gabriel this week. All right, this is from Ian Cairns. Uh, he says, leave one of these four guys out. Tariq Cohen, Buck Allen, Naeem Hines, and Wendell Smallwood. I'm gonna, Who's the odd man out? I'm going to bench Buck. Game? I'm going to bench Buck. Really? Interesting. Yeah, okay. I just I, Cohen's my favorite of them. And then Hines, I'm very excited about Smallwood. Whereas Buck Allen's just kind of like, meh. I would be benching Buck out of this. I like Smallwood. And then Hines has just been such a – well, it depends. Is this standard or PPA? didn't specify. I'm assuming PPR, and I'm going to go Hines in that assumption. If standard, Buck Allen's the better touchdown bet, though. All right, I often say last but not least, but this is last and definitely least. Uh, <laughs> this is from my buddy, uh, Will Massey, and uh, his team is decimated by injuries. I, I'll just tell, tell you, and he's got question. some buys going on. <laughs> and, and, I mean, he's he's just – he's not happy at all. But, anyway, DJ Moore, Lamar Miller, or Christian Kirk. This is uh, PPR if it even matters. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, Christian Kirk had that long touchdown, but I'm going to side – Lamar Miller gets Buffalo. I mean, yeah, he's at least got maybe a floor, right? I don't know. Exactly. 15-ish touch floor against Buffalo who surrenders run defense like candy. Uh, you know, I, I like Lamar Miller. If there's ever a week to use him, it's this week. Uh, you can't trust DJ Moore. The usage just isn't there yet. He'll have a blow-up week one of these weeks and suddenly become usable. And maybe it is this week, but I, I'm not going to test it out until I see it. So I'll go Lamar Miller here. All right. Uh, you got any social media you want to pump, Wolf? That was a great pod. Absolutely. Thanks for the uh, all the good info, my man. It's uh, Fantasy Fullback Dive, of course. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, we'd love to give you these lead blocks week in and week out, review what you heard. We'd love uh, to know the praise. If there's anything better to do, we'd obviously love to know that too. And you can always send it to me directly or hit me up with any questions. Uh, Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat. Hit me up at either channel. I'm happy to answer your questions. Roto ST Journal on Twitter for our main page 
page Twitter, and then Roto Street Journal on Facebook for the Sunday show at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you haven't got your question answered, tune in. We've had great interaction all year. That show's really started to take off, which is fantastic. And Instagram as well, Roto Street Journal. Some incredible video work being done by our new guys, Matt Hopkins and, and Taylor. Obviously, it crushes as always. You got to check out our new Stockwatch videos. They've been fantastic. Uh, yeah, check them all out. Follow us all. And best of luck in week six, guys. All right, my name is Nat the Truth Jones. I'm the Wolf. Pack, get the win, baby. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.